0: On this episode of the Pack It Up Pod, we talk about what the hell happened on Thursday night against the Eagles. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or your other podcast platform of choice, and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter. And with that, let's go Pack. They're going to air it out. Rodgers
1: does this better than anybody. In zone!
0: Hey there, everybody! Welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. Hello, Foose. Hey, Ryan. How are we doing? How much do we hate the Eagles right now?
2: <laughs> A grand amount.
0: <laughs> A grand. I'm really, I'm really glad we didn't record this immediately following the game. <laughs> Me uh, too. I, I assume. <laughs> It'd be mumbled anger. It would be very, very uh, brash decision-making on our part in terms of opinions. we probably regret later. Um, so I, I think it's perfect that there's five stages of grief because there's probably five <laughs> stages of this game that we can probably dissect, and we will uh, between the refs, offense, defense, special teams, and coaching. So let's just get this out of the way right away. Uh, I usually have no idea anymore what a ruling or a penalty is in general, right. but now I really don't know what the heck to think. Um, uh, uh, the fact that the kind of quote-unquote picture of defensive pass interference in the rule book is exactly mirroring what happened to MVS down the sidelines uh, to when can you review it, when can you not. Like, What, what do we make of these refs? You know, I I hate blaming refs.
2: I've listened to so many fan bases throughout the years. uh, When they lose a game, it's always the ref's fault, right? And that goes across sports. And In basketball, it happens all the time, too. But there was so much here that, you you know, you could have a half page worth of notes for things that went wrong. So just start with the back-to-back helmet-on-helmet hits. So they they hit Darius Shepard helmet-to-helmet on the punt return. That just gets washed away, no call. The helmet-to-helmet on Williams, how Barnett was not thrown out for that, I have no idea. I mean, prayers up to Jamal Williams, hoping he's okay. It looks like he's going to be fine. Um, but that was scary. I mean, as much as I love football, seeing a guy go down like that still makes my stomach turn. And it's just hard to recover from that type of, of play. And then, of course, Barnett comes back and makes the big strip sack later, which, of course, hurts Rodgers' wrist a little bit too. So on top of that, there was face max. You're talking about the pass interferences on MVS how your chin strap ends up at your nose and it's not a pass interference. I have no idea. And then you jump into the final play of the game or the, the interception that ended the game. Um, that one wasn't even reviewed. And yet, you know, the Eagles had a touchdown where they took away an offensive pass interference. And if you look, I just finished rewatching the game. So I'm a little more animated than I should be. But if you also, my last point, Jordan Howard's 20 yard reception for a touchdown was a mm-hmm. pick route, was yep. a pick route by Matt Collins that, they just flushed away again. So even Joe Buck brought it up. Oh, that's a great rub route. No, that's pass interference. And they didn't call that one. And they could have reviewed that, too. So I think LaFleur's got some work on figuring out when to review them and when to not, because we're 0-2, I think, on, on these now.
1: Yeah, and we, we talked about – Ryan talked about this warning, you know, when this would go against us in the season. And this was one of those games. Um, it was just a bad overall called game by the refs. In general, just a few more went against us in key moments. Uh, I mean, even that pass interference against the Eagles should have been pass interference. I mean, he hit his hand before... Kevin King hit his hand before the ball was there. I mean, I mean, how is that not pass interference? Yeah, yeah. so I mean, it's frustrating, but we just got to fight through it and figure out a way how to win with it. Right. You know, we right, still right. could have
2: won. Yeah. yeah. We still could have won this game. We shot ourselves in the foot in so many different ways.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and the league... Uh, it has, to, it has to start thinking about things because I, I totally understand why past interference in some of these penalties are reviewable because of just the absolutely horrendous situation that happened last playoffs. But there is just no definitive. I understand like an umpire on any given day has their strike zone. It's, it's very much based on what they feel. But football is such a definitive sport. And yet we've blurred the lines to a point that we don't know what to do and we don't know where whether to call it or not the fact that we have multiple challenges now this season on just penalties is it's getting out of hand it this is a learning process that I guarantee you will change again next year but it's just a real real bummer and I I think Adam Schefter pointed out that um, Barnett was not The league didn't think that it was helmet-to-helmet. They still think it was shoulder, which I – What a joke. I have never been so angry. It's one thing to get things wrong in real time. I get it. That happens. But when you slow mow it down and with the amount of angles that we have that we're still just not even looking at what we're we're truly seeing is insane to me.
1: The one that makes me more upset is that Shepard hit. I mean he literally – just flew at his head right in front of the ref. And the ref runs in, just call, you know, stoppage of time and not even paying attention. I mean, I, I just don't get it. Did, but Did you,
2: know. you did you guys feel like the Eagles defense was a bit dirty?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Foose, you texted during the game. You know, they looked like they, they needed a win. You know, if they didn't win this, you know, they're on the hot seat. You know, they're, they're playing catch up the rest of the way. Uh, but this was a huge win for them. And you could tell that they were doing everything in their power to get this win.
0: So that's a perfect transition to our offense, which it's really, really sad that Jamal Williams has to go down for us to realize that we need to throw the ball more, uh, that we start getting everybody involved as soon as Adams goes down. But what do we make of this offense? I know that the goal line situation is about to come up, uh, Mm -hmm. which we all were just thinking irrational thoughts at that point. But what do we make of this offense? Is this Open the door for us to, you know, start getting to our gameplay of passing more. Are we still worried? What are we feeling?
2: Yeah, I thought, you know, once again, our scripted plays lead to a touchdown. I, how quickly we forget because we lost the game, but we we're up 10 nothing and feeling pretty good at one point, right? Uh, so that's three straight games with an opening drive touchdown. I think Rodgers looked great. He was running and throwing to tight ends and running backs. What do he have, about 40 yards rushing? He was our leading rusher mm-hmm. for the day. He looked like he was 25 years old all over again. And uh, we were right on the button with Devontae. I had no idea Josh's prediction of, what was it, nine, nine <laughs> 940
1: touches? for he two had, touchdowns. But. And
2: he, he should have had the two <laughs> touchdowns, but I digress. I think the offense looked nice. The running game, you know, Aaron Jones is not having that breakout year that I don't think it was just the Packer fan base. I think league-wide there were some expectations that Aaron Jones becomes, you know, a top 15 running back. And I'm just not seeing that out of him.
1: Yeah, uh, I completely agree with everything you said. Rodgers looked to be his old self. Um, and and he was he wasn't t- holding on to the ball every play. He was hitting the you know drop down, uh, whatever they're called routes. Yeah, people.
2: Yeah. But, you know, he was hitting them a little late, but he was at least finally throwing them.
1: Yeah, he was finally getting it to him and making it making it so they could get it in motion and make a play out of it instead of the defenders on top of them. And they can only get two yards out of it. Um, They're also, I I really liked what they were doing with the play action this game, which was funny because we didn't really run the ball, but the Eagles were just falling for the play action very well. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was carrying it out. Awesome. And then normally hit people on the back end with quick out routes uh, consecutive times.
2: Yeah, this all came down to red zone production, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we had we had field goals instead of touchdowns. And when that happens in the NFL, you're opening the door to losing the game. So in the red zone, Rodgers, he did miss a couple throws. Uh, Jimmy Graham had that one-hander on fourth down in the fourth quarter to tie it. And quite frankly, that's why you're getting $10 in a year. I'd, I'd expect him to pull that in. And I know he would say he's frustrated as well, but he has it in his hand, and then I think it bounced off his hip or his knee on the way mm-hmm. down. Um, You know, we just could not convert in the red zone, and that was the difference here.
1: Yeah, and Alex Light had to come in and honestly was awful. What you think of him? Yeah. He was awful in the run game. Pass game, honestly, wasn't that bad. Uh, I think he only had one pass uh, contested. Uh, from his side but the run he was awful just he, getting pushed back consistently
2: even on the pass they had pressures Rogers was just aware of it and stepping out of that rusher's True. lane True. so yeah I, I was wondering if you caught that too I, I didn't see it until I rewatched the game but light did not look good so yeah hope.
1: and and the fumble the fumble by Rogers, man that play made me so mad because Mercedes Lewis was motioning to the same position he was supposed to block but they wanted him to pull and do a, a pass rush pull block, and he was out of position. And if he was on that side, that play would have never happened. It probably would have just been thrown away.
2: Well, so I have a different take. Maybe you still agree with this piece of it is it was a play action fake again, right? Roger steps up. He sees the rush at the last minute, and he should know he's got a tight end on one of the top pass rushers for the Eagles. So he should be aware of that pass rush coming from his backside. He steps up. I thought he held on to it for a second too long. He was trying to let something develop 50 yards downfield yeah. instead yeah. of either rushing out, running out of the pocket, or dumping it off. I think I thought
0: that one was on Rogers.
2: Yeah, we'll disagree yeah. on that one.
0: <laughs> and this kind of starts leading into the coaching section because um, I think the part that frustrated me the most is that Eagle secondary was was non-existent. We could have done anything in our our we wanted to. And it felt like we still were going back a little bit the rushing. But then we'd also do these kind of like jet sweeps and let's get tricky with it. And it just seemed like we could have just gone out and done what we needed to do. The amount of times that whether it was Adams or MVS or even Geronimo, for that matter, caught it and had five yards of space was unreal. Like the amount of out routes towards the, you know, just go to the outside, catch it, get out of bounds for another 10 yards. We're good to go. And that brings us back to this kind of goal line situation i think we had 6 plays within 5 yards i think steve young brought it up on one of the shows that hey you can be really really frustrated about that but understand that this is a complete anomaly and it yeah. kind of clicked at that moment of if you give rodgers and it doesn't matter who's playing running back it doesn't matter who his wide receivers are if you give him 6 plays inside the 5 he's going to score a touchdown this right. is this is the one moment in his career that it just didn't work out And, you know, the run pass option, and I think it was third down, was just a really, really weird play. And it it looked like Graham stopped and didn't go to the corner like he should have. It just was it it broke down. So the one kind of run option that they had, it it didn't play out how they wanted. So kind of leading into that LaFleur conversation, I think he's the right coach for the Packers. I almost think that he overthinks it. Like, he comes in, and the first time, being a head coach, the pressure, the amount of times he goes to the podium after a game, whether they win or lose, and takes all the blame. Is this just one of those things that he's completely overthinking it? That the times that he kind of is fluid is what we talk about. It's the 12 to 25 scripted plays to start the game. Like, I just think he overthinks it, and the— red zone and goal line in particular, he definitely overthought it. Yeah,
1: I totally agree. Uh, I just don't get his go-to plays. Like in, in moments when you need your best play, you know, either a score first down or, you know, it's second and long and you need to pick up half, you know, to make it manageable third down. He's not going to Devonte Adams. He's not going to his, you know, his go-to guys. He's trying to set up plays for Allison or MBS or somebody else. And I I don't really agree with it and and I just wish honestly it was a great called game overall. Even that that 2-minute drive at the we had 44 seconds at the end of the first half, all we did was run streaks down the field. Every single play was streaks down the field and Rodgers and the wide receivers making plays. Simple, yet it worked. And you know, I just don't get when when the moment gets hot, uh, he calls a weird random play that we've never run before. I mean, I just don't understand it.
2: Yeah, I think I don't know if it's overthinking it. I would just say the adjustments I'm I'm expecting him to get better at. Uh, As he's coached more games in the NFL and the running stuff, you know, hindsight's 2020. Obviously we can look back and say we should have ran the ball, but Aaron Jones averaged 1.6 yards per carry. There were quite a few plays where he got lit up in the backfield for a loss of three or four. And Mm -hmm. I think a piece of that was probably Alex light, not playing well at all. So I understand the lack of trust there, but Josh, to your point, the, the final uh, Packer offensive play, right? They have Darius Shepard try to run a rub route. Yeah. Essentially set a pick for MVS so yeah. you're trusting this rookie that's, you know, what has he gotten all year? Maybe 30 snaps, and you're yeah. trusting you're trusting him to perfectly execute a rub route. Which here's a surprise, he didn't. Yeah. Why? Why wasn't that Geronimo? Why wasn't that Jimmy Graham? And he put, so, yeah. Put someone yeah. a little more veteran to make sure they get MVS's defender off of him.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that was one of the things too was the the rapid reaction on Twitter of, oh my God, look how open he was in the corner. If he would have just waited two seconds longer, but. When he's throwing that ball, he thinks that he has the opportunity to undercut him. And was it the best decision? No. But at that point, we didn't have a wide receiver that was open. Um, and I also think that the chances of him throwing that, it being a low ball while he's getting wrapped up, and it deflects up to an Eagles defender, mm-hmm. is just like the chances of all that happening again are, are crazy as well. So it, oh, yeah. it's just you can you can nitpick all you want especially when you're reviewing tape at half speed but in the moment with game time speed it's just it's not possible at this point rogers definitely he his timing is still weird he either holds it too long or he, he yeah. forces it we still need to work through that which is not good for us heading to week five but Uh, I think it was a little bit of overreaction offensively.
2: Hey, but we wanted a a breakout game from specifically Aaron Rodgers, and we called breakout 300 yards and three touchdowns, and he had 420-something, 422, two touchdowns, and plenty of opportunities for that third. So I think we saw more of the Rodgers we're hoping for, and it it gives me a lot more hope for the next 12 games that the offense will pick it up.
1: Yeah, and where the team's head is, I'm really liking, too, after this loss. You know, everybody's saying, you know what, you know, you know, we are a good team. And if we win this game, we're a great team. You know, you have to win games like this to become a great team. You know, they're they're figuring it out. They're putting it together and they're confident that they will. And I, I am too.
2: Yeah, games where things aren't going your way, the great teams still find a way. Take the Patriots for example today. You know, where we're recording this on Sunday night, they beat the Bills sixteen ten in just an ugly game, right? Um, the Packers had a ton of issues here. Special teams killed them. Fumbles, roughing the passers, pass interferences. Mm-hmm. You got to find a way to pull it out, and they almost did. Uh, but I'm not down on the Packers overall. I think we still look great. And to the Lafleur point, three and one as a rookie head coach, I'll take that every time.
0: Yep, for sure. So let's talk about the defense, which I think was the the topic of social media on Thursday night. Um, There was a panic in the air in terms of, oh, my God, this defense is a fluke. How could we believe that we finally had a defense? And, And, I mean, if you look at the stats, the difference is, I mean, if you're looking at total yards, Vikings 421 with nearly 200 rushing. Broncos did 310 with 150 yards rushing and the Eagles were at 336 with 176 rushing all those numbers are pretty much the same and the Vikings were way worse but you're talking talking about four turnovers against the Vikings three turnovers against the Broncos zero against the Eagles seven sacks combined between the Broncos and Vikings zero against the Eagles this defense is very front and back heavy the middle is soft no doubt about it and they rely so heavily on the sacks and you know turnovers we didn't get either one and that's the big difference in this whole thing.
1: Yeah, the fir- the first uh the first half honestly they played pretty good. They just were dealt an awful hand consistently. Uh I mean their first <clears throat> the first possession for the Eagles uh we give up a 65 uh, kickoff yard return um at the beginning of the second quarter not their first uh at the beginning of the second quarter. So I mean they they were dealt a bad hand multiple times, even the kick out of bounds by Crosby. Uh, they got started on the 40. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, just time and time again, they were given a shorter field.
2: And on that yeah. same on that same drive that Mason Crosby kicked it out of bounds, uh, that roughing the passer by Kenny Clark, which was roughing the passer, we spot him another 15 yards. So the reason Wentz had three touchdowns but only 160 yards was between special teams and some bad penalties, we kept spotting them opportunities. So I'm I'm not down on the defense as much except for the running game, which I want to get into at some point here.
0: Yeah, the average starting field position for that first half and those three touchdown drives were the Packers 37. Yeah. So we talked about it against the Broncos that is the offense going well when they had they start two drives on, you know, the offensive side of the football field. Yeah, it's a lot easier for them to score. Could we have held them to a field goal here and there? Yeah, but at the end of the day, I think Philadelphia is a really, really good team that's been banged up and just hasn't been clicking and they they were playing really really well from all sides of of the ball so yeah i just you can't expect this defense to absolutely just destroy everybody every single week and they're going to have an awesome chance to redeem themselves against a very good team in the cowboys next week but to, that's, to just that's one way to look at it <laughs> yeah i i just the people that are saying this defense is trash it's a total fluke I, I, I don't buy it at all. Could they improve in terms of linebacker position and, and run defense in general? Absolutely. But it's not like this came out of nowhere. They've gotten very, very good at getting away with things. Because you got, to think, two, two interceptions in the end zone so far this season. Two. Mm-hmm. So if those end up going for touchdowns, we're not looking – we're not possibly winning the Bears game. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe it comes a little bit closer um, – and some other ones, it's just, it is what it is, so. Yeah.
2: Let's let's give credit where credit is due, though. Doug Peterson, as we're talking LaFleur <laughs> play calling, Doug Peterson is one of the better, one of the best, maybe, play callers in the NFL, and he he did what, you know, ex- gives their offense the most opportunity. So we called Zach Ertz and Miles Sanders having a great day against us, and they were uh, a tough matchup. I do want to give credit, though. Kevin King balled out, I thought. He recovered real yeah, he nicely did. from last week not being able to tackle. He had at least three or four real nice, clean pass breakups. Um, the the area that needs to be addressed ASAP, and I'm looking at you, Orn Burks, is Jordan Howard. I said in our preview podcast that he looked washed up, he looked slow, and if he did anything against us, I would be concerned. Jordan Howard had a field day against us, and it wasn't just falling forward for four yards. Uh, these plays were schemed open he looked faster and maybe it was our guys are a little bit slower than the Lions defense Um, but Ben Fennell came out with a statistic today the Eagles had 24 snaps and 12 personnel which is just one running back and two tight ends the Packers stayed in a sub package on all 24 of those snaps so they never had two linebackers in they kept just Blake Martinez so they never went with actual size the on those 24 runs the runs averaged 24 plays, excuse me. The runs averaged 6.3 yards, and the passing was 6-for-10 for a touchdown. So they just shredded us, and good on Doug Peterson for realizing that and running 24 snaps out of that same formation.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, as much as we love Blake Martinez on this show, he did not have his best game. Um, and, and another one that was really inconsistently. He had a lot of tackles, but he was getting pushed back and blown up consistently. He As soon as they put B.J. Goodson in in the 4th, he was stuffing the run, stuffing whoever he was getting blocked from. And, you know, he only he was only in for like seven plays, but he made three tackles on seven plays. Um, and then the other person who really did not help out in the run game was Amos. He was consistently. Whoa. He Don't was hate consistently. On my hey, he was consistently lined up close to the line of scrimmage with Ertz. Uh, he was on him quite a bit for the day, and he was so focused on Ertz during run run plays, he, he would just get blocked out of the play instantly because he wasn't even focusing on a run possibly happening. And that can't happen when you're playing inside the box. You have to watch the play. You have to read the line and react.
2: Um, but I didn't catch that. I do think for Adrian Amos, we need to start a watch for his first missed tackle because that guy is one of the surest
0: tacklers I've he seen.
1: He is. He definitely is. He Ooh. just needs to get in better position.
0: Yeah. I, think the Blake, I think the Blake comment's a little harsh, though, because I think he was on his own island. That's a he lot was. of responsibility. That, and that's my I'm next surprised, point. I'm surprised well, they didn't play Goodson more because that's what I – when we first looked at tape and we picked him up, I go, he just seems like a sound defender that's going to help mm-hmm. us just be there. And the fact that he didn't play <laughs> when they were getting absolutely butchered kind of surprised me a lot because when he did play – he was he was flying around. He had some really, really solid hits. I just I was confused why he didn't play more. I,
1: I think their initial game plan was not good on defense. I think they just mishit on this one. Um, and, and that's exactly one of my points was B.J. Goodson looked like a man in there among boys, while Blake Martinez just looked like a little boy oh man (laughs) if
2: if i ever had 15 tackles in an nfl game and some guy off the street said i look like a little boy i would have some issues i i think we're looking past one of the issues in the run game and i hate to say this because everyone loves him and i just bought his jersey but we have had not we have not had much statistical production from kenny clark and in in this year going into a contract opportunity i really thought if he wants to be paid like Fletcher Cox on the Eagles or Aaron Donald on the Rams he's going to need to make some statistical plays instead of just eating up double teams Um, the fact that Blake Martinez is getting a clean offensive lineman on him and push backwards I think reflects a little bit on that interior line Mm -hmm. Kenny was Kenny was pretty quiet in a big Thursday night primetime game the most uh you know recognizable play he had was a roughing the passer but I hope he turns it around with 10 days of rest. He's got a he's got a great offensive line against Dallas. He's got to go against.
1: Yeah, that whole defensive line just needs to change how they're doing things. It's not working. They're getting blown back consistently. Uh, something needs to figure. out. I don't know what, but something needs to be done.
2: And and how much do we miss either Micah Hyde or Bashad Breland? Because Will Redmond, I think, to me, has not made a play. And that Dallas that Dallas Goddard touchdown was Will Redmond just being out of position. He didn't even know where he was supposed to be lining up. Mm-hmm. if you study will redmond much josh what do you think of him
1: i'm not a huge fan i think he's too undersized uh for where they're putting him uh but i i mean he, he's doing the job i mean he's in position he just gets beat too much in my opinion
2: yeah that's just, that's not yeah. doing your job then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i mean he's but but if you know if a couple things were to you know be a couple inches here or there you know maybe they would go in his favor so sure. i mean he's there so i don't know
2: so uh, the, the one other point i think ryan that we wanted to get to was the pass rush right the twitter world's going crazy because we didn't have any sacks uh re-watching it zadarius and tremont williams both had what against you know against most other quarterbacks were sacks but a guy carson wentz's size just doesn't go down on those so it's something we predicted coming in where i even said like i'm not hope i'm not thinking ray gary gets any sacks because this is just a quarterback that doesn't go down easy uh, we had two that were almost there uh, any other game. You know, we have one or two sacks and no one's talking about that. But how about Rayshon Gary's arms? You called it out during the game. You want to bring that yeah. up?
0: He it once I started watching it, I couldn't unwatch it. His arm speed is about five times faster than his leg speed. Yeah. Like, he, you know, in Dumb and Dumber, when he's sitting, Jim Carrey sitting in the car and he like does the arm motion to make it look like he's running. That is Gary on every pass rush where his yeah. arms are just going like crazy, but it's like buddy, you got to get the legs moving at the same time <laughs> I know. like it's just yeah. like he 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 makes first contact with the old line and it's just like he doesn't get the drive like his feet stop it's he, it drives me absolutely crazy watching him.
2: it's like a really bad karate fighter or something that's doing all these moves on his own and then he gets in the ring he gets into the actual hand to hand combat and he gets chewed up. <laughs> Because I I feel like it's just a bunch of wasted motion and I'm no pass rush expert on hand placement and all that, but you're right. As soon as you said it, I started watching. He pumps his arms at 100 miles a minute before he's ever engaged with the tackle most of the time, right? And then once he is engaged, it's like the arms stop and he's just kind of – he's still a hustle guy from that point out, but – I don't know what's going on with the arms there, but uh, <laughs> something to keep track of. It's fun to watch for sure. You know,
1: you know, I wanted to make another point on our rush defense. You know, I think teams are finally starting to figure out that Preston and Z'Darrius Smith are setting the edge and you can't get around them very easily. Uh, so most of the mm-hmm. teams aren't attacking the edge as much, uh, which sort of cuts out our our strength at linebacker and safety because they're fasting at getting to the edge. Um, they're not as great and being strong in the middle. And that's where teams are attacking us. And I. I just don't know what a fix would be for for stopping it up the middle, other than Kenny Clark just stepping it up a little bit.
0: No, I yeah. completely agree. I also think it Like, I think we underestimate how much pressure and how much kind of um, pace the defense brings. I think they just look tired, to be honest with you. I, Zedarius, you know, he had knee issues that he was questionable. I think that we're going to see they're going to have quite a test, but I think we're going to see a little bit more speed with some rest. Um, I just don't think they were one hundred percent there. So let's kind of turn over this this thought. We're three and one. Um and I'm just gonna throw this out there, and I know it's probably gonna sound like I'm just downplaying everything, but I think I came into the season with this thought of it was gonna be a kind of a stepping stone season. I wouldn't, you know, fully come out and say it was a rebuild, but I thought that we were really a year away from a prime run. Um, it being the first year with LaFleur kind of getting these defensive pieces in the mix i thought next year was going to be our push but to be three and one uh and to know that that one loss we probably should have won i feel really good about this season and i think we had all kind of went out around the room and thought 11 and 5 10 and 6 was where we were going to end up which means we have to go seven and five the remainder of the way and looking at who we have to play I, i feel really confident about that too so how do we feel about moving forward assuming you know we're a quarter of the way through we're three and one how, how do we feel knowing that we had some some big games under our belt but we let one slip yeah
2: I'd, I'd pick nine and seven so if you'd extrapolate out our record which is not going to be the correct way to look at the rest of the year but you know on track for 12 and four with the rookie head coach I'm, I'm ecstatic at where we stand I did say though as part of the preview this win's gonna or this loss, excuse me, is gonna hurt because three and one versus four and zero oh, coming into this part of the schedule that we have for the next four weeks is gonna be a challenge. Uh, I I don't we'll talk about it on our preview. I don't think we go into Dallas and win. Detroit looks pretty respectable. Oakland has not been a pushover, and then we go to Kansas City. Uh, I I really want to assess halfway through the season as opposed to quarter way, but quarter of the way, I think this is best case scenario of what we would have thought four weeks ago.
1: Yeah, Finn, you had us going five and five into the bye week. Bye week so, right, exactly. So you're you're still on track there.
2: I just don't like this next four game stretch. Now that we lost to the Eagles, I mean, four and zero oh going into the stretch where you might go two and two feels a lot better than three and one because there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of issues, I guess, within the fan base if we go into Dallas and just get ran on for two hundred yards, which is very feasible, and we're at three and two all of a sudden.
1: Yeah, I'm already tracking Dallas and KC up his losses. So as long as you win the other two, in my mind, uh, I'm I'm still okay. I'm still not freaking out. You know, as long as we can get near ten wins, get in the playoffs, and then anything can happen. That's all you need to do in the regular
2: yep. season. Yep. And like we said, a lot of things just didn't go our way against the Eagles. That's going to happen. We were still close to winning. Uh, we'll figure out how to win those by the end of the year. Um, but yeah, we're on a good we're on a good pace for a playoff team, and then let rogers do his thing
0: so that will do it for this episode we will catch you thursday morning to talk about dem cowboys thanks everybody go pet go